Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 159 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on with you, man? Uh, another wild week. Yeah. Uh, an embarrassing week, at best, for, for Chelsea speaking. Um, just got absolutely humbled against Pot- uh, Potter's old club. Um, kind of took me off guard. The I remember watching the first five minutes, the Trossard goal, and even before that, he almost chipped a Kepa, and it was just all downhill. Um, but record-wise, overall for us, big picture here, uh, Evan and Zach did really well. You guys went seven and three this Let's week. Let's go. And uh, I I managed to salvage. I went five and five. So everybody had a solid week there. You guys had good picks, uh, picking Palace there, and then Evan with that Fulham Everton draw. And uh, congrats to Zach. Zach finally got his first Brentford one right. Let's go. Um, overall, that puts Evan fifty nine sixty seven. Uh, myself 62 and 64 and zach is even at 63 and 63 all right good i'm starting my starting my upwards trajectory i think i had a good week on nfl picks too so something was in the water last week i guess oh yeah um okay let's jump into these games and before we do i want to apologize for my voice it's a little bit banged up i'm not sure why uh, but I've I've fallen ill over the past two days. I'm not sure what's going on. I've had like a light fever, <clears throat> cough, and and just my voice is just wrecked. So I don't know what's up. It's not COVID. I did a test, but uh, I do certainly feel like shit. Uh, hopefully, a Phillies win can uh, can propel me back into good spirits. But let's jump into these games. Leicester City nil, Manchester City nil. An absolutely divine KDB goal on the 49th was the separation for these two teams. And you look at the score sheet, Leicester City had enough chances. Five shots on target on 10 total shots uh, compared to City's 15 and 5. 65% possession for the Citizens, just 35 for the Foxes. A really kind of hard-fought game. I mean, there was a couple of chances here for Leicester where I thought that they might break through. Yuri Tielemans continues to be extremely impressive. Um, <clears throat> we had Harvey Barnes and Madison both threatened at points, but they weren't able to get it go to. <clears throat> they weren't able to get the ball to go in. And I'll tell you what, dude. If Yuri Tielemans got that volley to go, uh, that would have been two absolute scorchers, two two in a row, uh, two weeks in a row. It would have been unbelievable. And what I take from this game is the fact that Leicester were able to kind of keep it tight. Uh, no Holland in this one. He's still nursing a little bit of an injury. He was he was sick as well. So we'll see uh, when he comes back. They definitely are missing him. But for City to come in and get three points is good. And for Leicester to stay in this game, I think is also good. Yeah, Leicester were more reserved in this game. Um, they obviously knew what was going to come. Um, the first time, though, a team didn't have to face Holland in the league. Um, it was it was a different different look. Man City kind of saw what they did last year without him, and it took a moment of brilliance from De Bruyne with a phenomenal set piece goal um, after the game. Guardiola was was telling comment or uh, reporters that uh, he's back. He's been he's been not himself as of lately, and now he's finally back and. 
to the normal fan. Um, De Bruyne plays at a high level every game you watch, and you just see the difference in what Pep sees out of him. So uh, these are these are results that you need to chase for the title. Keeps them in the hunt. Still two points behind Arsenal. Uh, at this point in the year, I don't think anybody saw this coming, but both no. teams only have one loss, um, and they're both trucking along. And Leicester, I think this is a result that you can take with some confidence. You you held the champions only to one. You made it quite a competition, and I think they have better matchups coming up to where they can climb out of the table, and the table is so congested right now. Um, Leicester are only... They're only one point from safety, and they're only ten points from a European spot. Or, or sorry, eight. Yeah, which is crazy to think about because we've we've talked about how bad Leicester have been, um, but like you said, that congestion is just it's it's so strong right now in the middle of the table, and I'm sure that we will see Leicester finish around eleven or twelve. They just they do have too much quality in the team for them to finish in nineteenth, in my opinion. So we'll have to see how it pans out, but my hopes and and my imagination you know sort of leans towards the fact that that Leicester will probably finish in a somewhat respectful uh respectable spot all right let's jump into another slaughter Newcastle 4 Aston Villa nil Callum Wilson with goals in the 45th and 56th the one in the 45th was a penalty Jolinton one in the 59th and then Miguel Almiron who was just in red hot form Scored in the 67th, a 4-0 battering of Villa at St. James Park. This Newcastle team does not quit. 20 shots, 7 of those on target. They held 60% of the possession, had nearly 200 more passes than Aston Villa. Moved the ball around extremely well with great purpose. Bruno Guimaraes continues to be extremely impressive. That back line has been sharp with Botman and Char. Trippier back now, and Dan Byrne back there. Things have been extremely steady. Joe Willock, good performance. No no goals in this one, but he's been solid in the middle of the park as alongside Longstaff. Uh, and then these three guys up top, you know, Wilson, Almiron, and Jolinton, they're giving you pretty much everything they can possibly give you. They've been extremely good. Uh, St. Max getting eased back into the team. No Isak in this one, but to be honest with you, this Newcastle team is exactly where I thought they'd be. Uh, they look really, really good. And Villa team, after an impressive performance last week, bounced right back to what they were doing beforehand. So Watkins, Bailey, Buendia, and Ings not being able to get anything done here. This Villa team is just not up to snuff. And it's going to take some time under the new manager. I know they're going to get an actual new manager. Um, it's supposed to be, um, what's his name? Good evening. Unai Emery. Uh, Unai Emery, yeah. I just call him Good Evening. Um, so he'll be in there and AJ Danks, who's been the caretaker will be out, but I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting to see what he can do with, uh, with this Villa side because there is quality. I just think they, they really need somebody that can all, uh, band together underneath and we'll see if that's going to be you and I or not. Yeah. Well, his first test, uh, this Sunday will be against Man United and then, once again, middle of next week, they have to play in the League Cup against Man United again. So uh, it's going to be a battle for him, and they close off against Brighton before the the winter break. So he's going to have three tough tasks there in in those two opponents, both quality teams in this league that are on the up and up now. Man United now cracking into the top five after their result, and Brighton still in the hunt there to get back in that top five area. So... It's going to be a lot on his table. It's disappointing for this game in particular for them to go to revert back to um, how it was with Gerard. 
So it doesn't seem like last week's um, explosive win was was a the 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 new format for them and the new result system. It's it's going to be up and down now, kind of how Brentford are a bit that they, they can't string the same result back to back times. So it'll be interesting to see how they do going forward. And it's it's hard to bet against Newcastle now. Um, they're on the best form in this league right now. Them them Man City and Arsenal, the only teams only have one defeat in the in the entire year so far. Uh, they've also played one match more than those other two teams above them. So this is this is very consistent. It seems like they're a real top contender for this area of the table. And uh, moving forward, it's gonna t- like I said, it's gonna be tough to go against them. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I hate fading them. I think they've been really good in a lot of spots this year against good teams, against bad teams, and against teams pretty relative to their competition level. Uh, they've they've won me a considerable amount of money this year. They've they've been yeah. really really good for me. So yeah, I love betting on Trippier to get a goal or assist. He gets yeah. good value, like plus two fifty to three hundred. Yep, and he's always involved up there. He he was a great signing for them. It's we yeah, really we really can't even. Uh, begin to when he signed we didn't know but he's been so good for them so uh let's jump into the next one jesus christ talk about a sweaty game bournemouth uh two tottenham three Kiefer moore put the cherries ahead with two goals one in the 22nd one in the 49th it was an uphill battle for spurs in the second half but they managed to get it done ryan sassignon in the 57th ben davis in the 73rd and then rodrigo benson the uruguayan legend in the 92nd jesus christ i have some serious worries about this tottenham team the fact that son and kane played the entirety of the game and neither of them were able to get on the score sheet but they were able to get goals from a center back a left back and a defensive midfielder is suspect uh not great the fact that they were you know even behind 2-0 to bournemouth uh in the first place is tough arsenal played them they pumped them city played them they pumped them uh Bournemouth are coming off that victory against Liverpool but they're not a good team and they're not really all that well managed um I just I don't know they're kind of they played spoiler a couple times this year but I just don't think they're that good and I think a team like Tottenham should never go down 2-0 to them uh they just have too much quality up top and those guys aren't really showing it right now so I am worried about them but I'm I'm sure at some point they'll they'll figure it out yeah, and it's not looking any better now with Son having a uh, something fractured in his left eye yesterday from the Champions League match. So he'll require surgery to get that fixed up. So we're definitely not going to see him the last two matches before the World Cup. Hopefully he'll recover in time to even play in Qatar um, for South Korea. Obviously he's their main guy there, but for Tottenham as well, they we saw again with those three central middies and only Kane and Son up top, and once again they put themselves in a hole. Conte made the switch at the half to take one of them out and skip and put Mora, Lucas Mora on. And they had to concede another one to really get things going. And just having those three up top really spread out the back line of Bournemouth. And obviously the wingbacks got heavily involved. Obviously Sessegnon grabbed the first. And I think to note on your point of those top two guys not getting the goals, I feel like as a Chelsea supporter, it's just normal now for for me to see goals come from anyone on the pitch. I'm not expecting our top forwards to get them. Obviously, you would like them to be the predominant providers for how you're going to succeed. But um, if if somebody can get a goal on the field at any time, that's awesome. And 
I guess a side note, Chelsea in the Champions League today, we were talking about getting Zakaria in the game. When is he ever going to play? And he got his first start today and he grabbed yep. a goal on his debut too. So that was nice to see for him on a little side note. But yeah, I think Tottenham had a real scare here. Um, another late winner here. As well as yesterday, I mentioned in the Champions League, they got another late winner in the 95th to finish top of their group. So they can't leave all these games late, especially now without their second best player, uh, debatably their first, depending on who you talk to. But it's it's going to be a tall task for them this weekend against Liverpool now, who in themselves don't have the best form either. Yeah, we're, we'll see. I mean, that's a tough, that's a really tough game for them. I, I don't even know where I'm going to bet uh, on that, to be honest with you. I, I have no idea where my mind is. Yeah. It's um, going to be at home, though, for Spurs. Yeah, so that's good. Um, <clears throat> Okay, let's jump into another ugly one. Brighton 4, Chelsea 1. Leandro Trossard got the Seagulls off to an early start in the fifth minute. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek with an own goal in the 14th. Trevor Chaloba with an own goal in the 42nd. Kai Havertz uh, got Chelsea on the board in the 48th minute with a nice goal, but uh, that was it. There was no more for Chelsea there. Uh, Pascal Gross scored in the 92nd to seal things off, but to be honest with you, from the go, you could tell that Chelsea were just not going to be able to claw their way back. Uh, The two own goals were just, they were tough, man. Chelsea had a lot of chances, but after conceding the two own own goals, there was just no way that they were going to be able to get back into it um heads down a bit they had chances which is strange seven shots on target to brighton's nine they just made so many mistakes chelsea really could have afforded uh to get the three points here it would have put them up um with newcastle tied for fourth and instead now they're just they're two points behind united uh in sixth brighton continued to just impress me where i i didn't figure they would uh, they're in eighth on 18 points. This was a huge win for them and really just not something I was expecting at all. It's I'm getting sick and tired of this starting out with the three and yeah. then halftime you switch to the four. It, it, it hasn't worked for two to three games consistently now. You're, you don't have the proper players to play back there. You get Cucurella, who ideally should be playing at that left wingback role where Sterling is, but he played Pulisic and Sterling at wingbacks, how he used to with Brighton, with March and Trossard. He let them just stay higher with less defensive duties. Obviously, Pulisic and Sterling aren't going to be the best guys coming back at all. Even if you give them defensive duties or not, they're not going to do a good job. And a lot of the balls came down Pulisic's side he got exposed there a bit for that but that's just that's not who he is as a player and it's just poor from grandpa to put this team out like this and just to get absolutely abused um for the first time this is his first defeat now at the club since he joined and it was almost written from the start that he would lose here and credit to brighton they really deserved it i love watching this matoma guy now the japanese player for them he's yep. really silky smooth on the ball he's somebody going forward that'd be liking to see play more and more potentially he might put out Danny Welbeck a bit but um yeah full credit to Brighton somehow I managed to squeeze money out of this game with a Havertz goal somehow he got that but there were bright spots here and there um I don't know it's just it's a really rough one to go into and hopefully we can forget about it yeah 
I mean, it's it is just one of those games that's super ugly. You just want to forget then, about it. Yeah, and then Kepa, I think, injured himself too. So now Mendy's back in the lineup. So yep. we're we're back with the switch again in in the in between the sticks. Yep. Uh, okay, let's jump into the next one. Palace one, Southampton nil. A relatively quiet affair in which Odson Edward was the only scorer. Uh, they threatened a bunch at the beginning of the game. They finally found a way past in the 38th. Uh, Lianco got beat by Zaha. He picked out Mitchell, who was overlapping. Squared it to the edge of the box, and Edward slotted it right past. That's pretty much a way that he's just been playing. He's been pretty clinical. He's have, He has a, quite a few goals this season already, uh, proving to be a pretty good signing from Celtic last year. And they, they won the game 1-0. Um in terms of stats, we had three shots on target for Palace, four for Southampton, 12 shots for Palace, 14 for Southampton, and then 44% of the possession went to Palace. It was a bit of a sloppy game. Uh, I think Palace are lucky to not have conceded at all, but a 1-0 victory against a team that you're sort of close to in the table, I, I don't think is a bad result. Um, Southampton are now in 12th. Crystal, or not 12, 17th on 12 points. Crystal Palace are in 10th on 16 points. So only four, you know, four points um, separate those teams. This was this was a big game for Southampton, and they weren't able to get it done here, which is, you know, just what I figured. Uh, I'd, I'd give a lot of credit to Palace. I think out of all the teams in the league, they've definitely had possibly the hardest schedule up to this point. They played a majority of teams that last year finished in the top half of the table, and they see themselves level on points with Liverpool at this point, only three points outside of Europe. So full credit to Vieira. Uh, he really, I know you've said multiple times throughout the this year that they, he's he's got a great team. They're they're all very coachable, and it seems like he knows how to how to communicate with his players. So, and it's showing in these results. These are results that'll go a long way for them come the end of the year to potentially do something they haven't done in a long time and that's also finishing the top half of the table so we know they have the quality for it southampton this is a game that they're going to regret probably long term hovering over that relegation zone again it's going to be a story all year that we say over and over but they need to find the goals from somewhere i think che adams hit the post in this one or Stuart armstrong between the two of them and they're just lacking those goals in uh key moments at times so they need to bounce back quickly before the break yeah, absolutely true. Okay, um, I, I'll be curious to see if they make any sort of attempts at splashes in the transfer market too, because we do have to remember after the World Cup that January transfer window is coming up. I'm curious because I think Southampton yeah. could do with, um, you know, some somebody up top because I don't think Arebo and Adams are really cutting it. Yeah, it'll be tough because <laughs> right after the World Cup, there's going to be some players that perform well in their value is going to go up in like incredibly high the it's just going to get inflated yeah that's true that always happens okay brantford one wolves one Ugh, this was nasty uh ben me with a goal in the 50th with the bees ahead ruben neves answered this was a end to a long drought for him he scored in the 52nd and then another notable thing in the 97th minute diego, diego costa with a uh a red card returning to his prior form he's actually not gonna play i'm pretty sure he can't play until like boxing day or something it's something crazy yeah it's a really long time so he'll be out for like a month and a half which is insane um but yeah no, no more uh no more diego costa for the foreseeable future 
this game was sloppy. It was ugly. Um, four shots on target for Wolves, three for Brentford. They both had 13 shots. Brentford controlled the ball a little bit better, but I I don't really think this this was a surprising result to anybody. Who who did you take in this game? I I figured this would be a one one draw. I picked I picked Wolves. Yeah. I think you picked Brentford, and Zach went with the draw here. Yeah. So I I oh I didn't take a draw. Huh. No, you um, went with uh, yeah, you went with Brentford here. Oh, how about it? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Ugly, 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 ugly. Ruben Neves, good to see him get on the board. A lot of cards in this game. It was physical. Both of these teams are physical. Um, I know for certain that Wolves would have wanted the three points here. I think Wolves can still be a tough team to play just because they are physically extremely imposing and defensively they're still solid. So I think for for Brentford to get a goal is fine. I wish that they wouldn't have conceded and that they would have got the win here, but they are in a much better position uh, in the table. You know, they're probably going to finish right around that 11th or 12th. So this is not a surprising result to me. Yeah, I condolences to anybody that watched this full match. Um, Definitely one you want to forget about and bleach your eyes. Uh, Another notable thing with the bookings, Tooney picked up his fifth yellow card, so he will miss their next game against Nottingham Forest. So take that as you will in your consideration for that pick. But yeah, Brentford really need a game bad. They're most one of the most inconsistent teams this year, but they sit right there smack dab in the middle of the table at 11th. Yep. Um. All right, let's move on to the next. We had Fulham nil, Everton nil. Another game where I hope you guys didn't watch the whole thing. Um. <clears throat> I will say I think Fulham were really unlucky to not get a goal in this one. Everton did not look sharp offensively, of course, but they really didn't look all that sharp defensively either. There was 24 total shots for Fulham. They were absolutely peppering the net. Six shots total or six shots on target for them. They held 57% of the possession and knocked the ball around considerably better than Everton. It is shocking to me that Everton continue to get these sorts of results. Uh I just feel like they are underperforming so much. They should be getting more goals out of their front three, four players. Um, They do play a really low back line with like Onana and Idrissa Gay sort of dropping back in and playing five across the back. But um, I don't know. It's it's ugly. I'm I'm really shocked that Fulham weren't able to get a result here. I know I took a draw, but when I watched the game, like they were just they were peppering Everton and they couldn't get any to go. So. For the sake of my pick, I'm glad that that they drew, but I was a bit shocked, to be honest, because Fulham had a lot of chances. Yeah, and this is why a lot of the times I I think about second-guessing these Everton games, because I know they can scrape games out. That's just how they've stayed in the league for so long, Um, and it's it's tough to go against them at times, uh, especially when they're on the road here, because they have such a poor road record, but sometimes they can just pull it out of the hat. It'll be... I'm curious to see how Fulham do going forward now. Um, Kenny Tete is now back, so potentially they can push Cordova Reed back up to where Cabano is. Um, Willian's been playing really well, especially in this game. He definitely should have had a goal at least. He was absolutely going at Seamus Coleman and owning him down that left side. And Pickford, at the end of the day, saved their bacon. But once again, puts them in a decent spot there in 12th and they they just keep doing what they're doing and they'll be all right. Yeah. I mean I I hope that Everton stay up again. I would like them to to figure it out, but like 
They brought in a lot of young talent this year with the Onana. You still have Gordon Gray. Um, who else? They Awobi's been a big game changer. Yeah, they, he's been good. It, they'll probably keep Cody on a permanent. They have they have good they have a good structure there. They just need to bring in a couple more creative guys and yeah. definitely need to find a new number nine because DCL's definitely not the long term plan here in my opinion. No, I agree. I think they they just need somebody more dynamic and like you said they do need a playmaker. If you remember the last time Everton were like really sharp, it was because James Rodriguez had come in and he totally transformed the way that they played and I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Ancelotti either. He's obviously an incredible manager. He's back at Madrid now just cleaning up in the ucl he's already got one since he's gone back and they look just so dominant their team's so yeah. good um but they do they 100 percent need a creative midfielder that's definitely something that needs to be on their wish list for the january window okay let's jump into another important game <coughs> excuse me throat's dry liverpool one leads united two they fended off an early advance by Mo Salah and then countered with a goal from Rodrigo Moreno in the fourth minute. Mo Salah did get on the score sheet in the 14th, but it was in the 89th minute that Crescencio Somerville scored and gave all three points to Leeds. This was an offensively high-flying, wire-to-wire crazy game. 22 shots for Liverpool, 14 for Leeds. 10 shots on target for Liverpool, 6 shots on target for Leeds. 69% of the possession was for the Reds, but boy, they didn't make it count. I cannot believe that they got goals from, well, Rodrigo I can understand, but from Crescencio Somerville to take 3 points against a team that is should be challenging for the title. This one At Anfield. At Anfield, absolutely saved Jesse Marsh's job. This was just one of the most shocking results of the weekend. I thought surely Liverpool would be able to pull this one out, but they couldn't. Uh, Leeds now in 15th on 12 points. Liverpool all the way down in 9th on 16. ah, This is so shocking to me. I mean, I'm glad. Don't Don't get it twisted. I am really glad that Leeds won this game. I think Marsh is actually the long term manager there. I think he just needs a little bit more time. They need a, a real striker. I don't think uh Moreno is Rodrigo Moreno is really the guy. Um but this was Leeds' first win against Liverpool in 13 attempts in all competitions since beating them 2-1 at Anfield in April of 2001. So this it's been since 9/11 that they beat Liverpool. Yeah, and it's their first <laughs> win in the league since August 21st when they beat Chelsea, another top team. Uh, coincidentally so um, Leeds just can't string these results together it seems like Jesse absolutely like you said he needed this bad if they would have gone absolutely run through he definitely would have been on, been on the way out uh, on Monday so he gets to stay keep his job fortunately for him and uh, for us interested in him to continue his career there it's tough being a manager at that level of a club with the competition you have for a full season, it's a quite an accomplishment in itself. So um, hopefully they can string a couple more results together like this. They get a nice little matchup against Bournemouth this week, which they have to win. It's a must win game. I'm sure they've really been peppering that through the players heads. And for Liverpool, it's just one of those games where you need to 
cut this out earlier. You need to bag bag two real quick. Um, the first goal was unexcusable uh, error from Gomez, blindly passing back to Alisson and Alisson. Just just the positioning. It's just not. It's not all there. Um, plus for them, Konate's back, so potentially he can have some, add some more stability. Maybe Van Dijk prefers him in a partnership than Joe Gomez in there, and. They're going to need it, especially going to Tottenham now. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a huge game. I mean, both of those teams are pretty desperate uh, for points. Tottenham are obviously in much better shape than Liverpool are right now, so I'm sure that Liverpool will fight for it. But I don't know. They haven't they haven't really shown us all that much in terms of like midfield and defensive stability. And I think Tottenham edged them there, uh, strangely enough. So we'll have to see. <clears throat> All right, let's jump into an absolute slaughter. Arsenal 5, Nottingham Forest 0. Gabriel Martinelli with a goal in the 5th, a beautifully well-worked goal assist from Saka. Absolutely lovely header there. Reese Nelson with a goal in the 49th and the 52nd. He added an assist later. Thomas Partey with an absolute screamer in the 57th. Then Odegaard with a dagger in the 78th. Uh, 24 shots for Arsenal, 10 shots on target. They were able to get five goals, so nearly a 50% conversion rate there. Very impressive. Five shots for Nottingham Forest, two shots on target. Arsenal also held 70% of the possession. This was a masterclass. Arsenal now have four wins and a draw in their last five. Should probably be five wins, but they faltered against Southampton. And this is exactly what you would expect from this Arsenal team this year. What a performance. What a performance from uh, Reese Nelson off the bench. He was so good in this game. And I, I love to see a guy come off the bench and just just boss it, you know? It was great to see. Uh, still no goals for Jesus in his last like four or five matches, I think. Um, but, man, he opens the pitch up so much. He, he is so good. Uh, at distributing the ball, making space, making runs that track two or three defenders at a time. I think he's still been one of the signings of the season. Uh, and I think this Arsenal team is, to be honest with you, probably not even up to full uh, potential yet. But they have been extremely good. And it, what a time to support them. Yeah, you know, Jesus, whether he scores or not, is always going to be an impact on this game. Unfortunate for Saka to come out. Hopefully it's nothing serious. He'll be Hopefully he'll be back for the Chelsea game. Um, we always want to see the best players on the field if we can. And the performance Reese Nelson had off the bench, first time he played in a long time in the Premier League, it's those are the type of performances you need from those those players that aren't always going to get a lot of minutes in the league. But when they do, if they can make an impact, maybe not to this extent, but just maybe a goal or an assist here in big moments to close a game out like this and shut Nottingham Forest's hopes out, um, that'll make the difference in keeping this distance between City. Hopefully you can make it bigger, but um, those type of players are well needed in a in a long season, just like the Premier League, and when you're competing in Europe, like Arsenal are too. So it's massive, massive three points for them, especially after the Southampton game, like you mentioned. And on fourth send, it just seemed like they didn't care. Once that second one went in, it was they were just going through the motions and just waiting until the whistle blew. And mentally it can be challenging when when it seems like everything's against you you're at the emirates the, the the stadium is bouncing the entire 90 minutes plus the other team's enjoying their football and it doesn't seem like you can affect anything so 
it, it was a long day for those guys. Hopefully they can go back to the training ground with Cooper and really refocus into a, a match that is potentially a must win for them as well. As I mentioned, they, they're going to play Brentford without Ivan Tooney. So it's, they need it bad. Yeah, it's, that's going to be important. Uh, okay, let's jump into the next. We had <clears throat> the last game of the week. Manchester United won West Ham nil. An absolutely divine cross from Christian Eriksen and a lovely header from Marcus Rashford in the 38th minute was the sole decider of the points in this one. All three went to the Red Devils. What a performance. They grounded out. It was a great, great win for them. They're now in fifth on 23 points. West Ham now in 13th on 14 points. A little bit unlucky for West Ham, perhaps. They squandered a few chances early. David De Gea absolutely stood on his head. He was insanely good in this game. Really, really solid. Ronaldo got the start. Fernandez behind him. I don't think either of those two really played up to their full potential, but Eriksen and Casemiro continue to be extremely impressive in the center of the park. What a performance from United. This is this is much, much closer to the United I know uh, you know, could be out there that, that is capable. And this was just an unreal performance for them. So I was happy to see them get three points because they worked hard for it. I think we're starting to see them really sort of grind and hustle for their wins. Uh, and that's exactly what you would expect from United. That's part of their, their club identity. Uh, and I think Ten Hogs sort of starting to really feel that role. And I think it's been good. They're using the guys on the bench well. Uh, we only saw Fred and McTominay in this one to shore the midfield up after uh, Erickson sort of put in that shift. But... Yeah, it was good. Uh, West Ham, a little unlucky, but they sort of sold themselves here. They they had quite a few chances at the beginning, and they squandered them. So It'll be a tough pill to swallow for them. Uh, Fabianski picking up an injury there. We saw Ariola come in. The midfield did as best as they could. They were starting to see the exposure of Bowen more and more and more, um, how spectacular last year was for him, and it seems that those numbers aren't reachable, or I shouldn't say reachable, but it's those can't be expected of him on a consistent basis. Skamaka is down in form now after uh, he had a brief period there where he was doing well, and it seems like maybe they need to give Antonio a bit more of a run in there. He's more experienced and maybe can push Skamaka to, to do better now, especially even if he's on the bench. So it's always a tough matchup to go against a, an informed United there who's playing well. McGuire did a really good job for himself there coming into a situation where I'm sure a lot, a lot of people breathing down his neck, wanting him to make a mistake so they can rip on him more. But he held his own. The team overall did a good job, and they got what they needed in the three points. And congrats to Rashford on his 100th goal for United. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, let's jump into our... That is crazy. That was his 100th goal. We'll jump yeah. right into the uh, previews. We have Nottingham Forest versus Brentford on Saturday, November 5th. Good Lord, this is an ugly game. Um, I don't know. I don't really know where to go here. My default's typically a draw for teams that I think are offensively constipated, but I do think Brentford are a better team. So I guess I'll go with Brentford, but man, that's that's not a confident pick. I'll tell you what. Uh, just for the fact that the match is at Forest and Brentford are without Tooney and they're in absolutely awful form. 
I think I'm going to go with a, a rare forest win here. And then Zach is, is going to go with forest two. We're both taking forest. Okay, cool. Um, and what did then, you say you're taking? Sorry. I said, I said Bradford. Okay. All right. Wolves Brighton up next. This is a simple one. Brighton are in sensational form, knocking off Chelsea last week. And they've been solid before that. So I'm going to take Brighton because Wolves just absolutely suck. Yeah, everything everything points towards that result going the way uh, in Brighton's favor. Um, they do a lot better on the road, as I always mention. Wolves without Diego Costa now. They don't have a number nine up there. I think Huang Hee Chan should be back, but he's not a guy that they normally play a full 90 minutes at the nine. He's maybe more off to one of the sides. So maybe we're going to see Guedes, the big signing they made in the summer make a a full-time run up there. Um, Wolves have failed to win 18 of their last 20 matches in the league, while Brighton have kept a clean sheet in five of their last six away matches against (laughs) Wolves. So I think I'm going to have to go on the train with you guys again. It it never seems to work when we all pick Brighton to win, but hopefully this is a first. Yeah, okay. Manchester City versus Fulham up next. Man, I'll tell you what. This is a trap if I've ever seen one. City, I know they're probably going to have Holland back, but something is telling me that there's something's going to happen. City have looked penetrable uh, on defense for sure, and I think Mitrovic is one of those players that could 100% exploit that. Um, this is a bad pick, but I'm going to go with Fulham. I think somehow they win this game. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. City. You don't want to risk it all. I'm I'm willing to risk it because the way that I see it is, I pick up. It's like a three pointer. Like I pick up points on both of you guys if they manage to win. You know what I mean? Because I figure you're both going to take City. Yeah, I can understand that angle. I think we didn't see Holland again today in the Champions League, and Pep says he's not 100 percent yet. And I think potentially he might not even play in this game either. I think they're willing to just play it safe long term. Yeah. So if that's the case, this game's going to be really spicy. Zach's going to go with City. And I'm going to have to go with City as well. I'm willing to take a draw potentially, but I I just, I said it a couple weeks ago. I said every every game this year, I'm taking City. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, that's fair enough. I mean, they, yeah, what they've lost one time. So it's pretty much one you're going to get right every week. Uh, okay. Leeds versus Bournemouth up next. I'm going to ride the train and take Leeds here. I think they win this game against Bournemouth, even though Bournemouth can be troubling. Yeah. I'm just not sure with Leeds getting their first win in like six weeks. It's really tough to get on the train as soon as they finally crack that the crack there. Um, Leeds have won five of their last six against Bournemouth in all comps. Bournemouth have lost the last three in the league, as well as the Bournemouth having conceded at least two goals in five of their last six away matches. I don't think there's any suspensions or anything for either team here. They should all be at full full fitness. Bournemouth, I think, yeah, the keeper more should be okay. So it'll be a really tough battle here. Um, I think I'm just going to go with a draw, and then Zach is going with Bournemouth. Okay. Um, Everton and Leicester City are up next. Ooh, this is an ugly one. Uh, the win percentage is 
pretty much split right down the middle. So they're thinking Everton probably have a better chance. I'm going to take Leicester. I, I do think that their offense is starting to look better. They're gelling a little bit more. Uh, most of the, those guys have been there. It was just a really slow start for them at the beginning of the season. I like the way that Leicester look. So um, I'm going to take them. I think they can beat Everton. Uh, I'm going to go with a draw here. These teams are very, very close in my my mind. They're really close in, not in talent, but just form and just the way they play at times. It seems like it's pretty similar. I think it might be a late winner for a team to equalize there. And uh, Zach's going to go with Everton outright. And Everton are unbeaten in their last six matches against Leicester in all comps. It's less than here. Hmm, interesting. Um, okay. Chelsea versus Arsenal up next. I mean, this is... I have to take Arsenal. I just... This Chelsea team are not offensively as good as they probably should be. Um, no. I don't know if we're going to see... Aubameyang in this game if Ooh. we if we do I think oh, Arsenal score like 14 goals um I'm gonna take Arsenal that that's that is an interesting thing I don't know if they'll start him or not he did start today he did he did he didn't score but, and um, how about Sakaria starting and getting goals like I've been saying the whole time I loved it I hope he plays he's good again. he's really good now everything in my mind thinks Arsenal here. Arsenal top of the league. Arsenal are playing better. Jesus is iconic. Chelsea down bad. Yeah, which means Chelsea will win. Just got absolutely pumped, and for that reason, against all my better judgment, I'm gonna back the boys. Yeah, have to. for uh, an upset to shake things up in Mikel's mind and kind of cut the gap there with City potentially. And then Zach's gonna go with a draw here. He doesn't see anything there. All right, so we've we've covered we've got chips on every single thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is the post twenty derby. I'm I'm excited for this one for sure. It's an early game, of course. Like the London it's derbies, seven a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, both of them have been really early. I don't know if there's a Sunday NFL game, like a Sunday morning London game. It's either. in Germany. Oh, it's in Germany, Germany this week. Jesus yeah. Christ! But there's a lot going on Sunday morning. I'll be up early for that. Um. Okay. Aston Villa versus Manchester United up next. Villa coming off a 4-0 defeat against Newcastle. United, of course, coming off that 1-0 victory over West Ham. I'm going to ride the lightning with Manchester United. I think they've looked good. I'm going to take them against Villa, who are just, I don't know, sort of in shambles still. Yeah, I'm going with United as well, and so is Zach. All right, cool. Uh, Southampton versus Newcastle up next. Another easy pick for me. I'm going to go with Newcastle until they stutter for me. Uh, I'll take them against Southampton. Uh, I'm going to do the same. Newcastle. I was telling Zach on the car ride home from the gym. I said it's it's very difficult to go against them with how sturdy they are in the back and the amount of chances they create. Uh, Joe Ellington won't be available due to suspension. Um, his five five cards he picked up, and I forgot to mention with United, no Bruno Fernandez. Same thing. He'll uh, he has his five card suspension. So. Yep. Both of those players will be out. But I think Newcastle still get the job done here. And then Zach's going to go with a draw. All right, cool. Uh, we have West Ham versus Crystal Palace up next. This is a really, really tough game for me to pick. Uh, in years past, I've had a nice read on West Ham and Crystal Palace. I do think these teams are fairly evenly matched. Palace currently maybe take a slight edge just because of how offensively efficient they've been. 
but I do think West Ham are a decent side. Um, this is this could be one of those come from behind games for Palace. I'm I'm gonna take them outright, but I bet you this will end up in a draw. Yeah, I was I was I thought you were gonna take West Ham there, and I was yeah. gonna go all in on Palace. I do like Palace in this game. They have a lot of quality, and the way West Ham's been playing lately, it's not appeasing to me. Um, Zach's going to go with West Ham here, and I think I'm going to split three ways there again. I'm just going to take a draw. Okay, cool. Um, And then last game of the week, Tottenham versus Liverpool. Oof, a tough one. I'm I'm very firm with Liverpool here with no Sutton. Obviously, we know both defenses have been pretty frail and um, not very uh, very convincing to watch, even the goalkeeping at times. Um, it's it's going to be a difficult one, but I think not having Sun really holds them back a bit in Spurs, and I think Liverpool get off the mark early. I'll take Spurs. I think Liverpool are actually shit. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. I just it, think maybe Spurs yeah. at the moment are worse. I. I, I can see that as well. You might be right there. Um, I actually think Liverpool's defense is like bottom it's 10. Bad. So bad. It's it really bad. It's really, really bad. And when you consider the quality of players they have, it's like it's bottom one. Um, yeah, I'll, I don't know. I'll take Tottenham. I think they're they're better protected defensively there they do have the drunk frenchman in goal larice is terrible but ah i don't know i'm I'm gonna say tottenham in this one what where's zach zach's gonna ride with liverpool as well but um richarlson and kulisevsky should be coming back oh yeah i love tottenham then i think i think kulisevsky gives them a huge boost yeah Um, so Cool. Picks. I think this is the most spread out our picks have all been in general. So somebody's gonna have an absolutely diabolical week. Yeah, it'll probably be me. I don't even. Did I take a draw? I don't know if I even took a draw. You took. No, you didn't take any draws. Yeah, this is gonna be a bad week then. Um. All right. Well, that's everything from us. Short episode. Sorry. Uh, I'm a little bit under the weather, and I also want to go watch the Phillies. So, um, the the show had to just suffer a tinge this evening. Um, thank you guys for listening though. Uh, make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. I'm recording the NFL show tomorrow morning. So make sure you guys, uh, get over to that. Matt, I'll send you your picks. I marked them off. You had a pretty decent week. Um, but yeah, that's all from us, uh, here on the premier league show. We'll see you guys next week, next week. Uh, make sure you enjoy the games and we'll talk to you soon.